This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Here we go again. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Have a nice weekend. It's been a while. Uh, I I had a fun response, but the reality is no. No, I didn't have a good weekend, and I'm still feeling a little bit. We'll we'll talk about we'll have final thoughts over Oldershot. We didn't really go in a deep dive in the in the pod because, frankly, who wanted us to? Not many people. I know most people skipped that one for the uh, episode four. But Joe, I was critical of you last Friday for taking annual leave, but it's great to hear and it really is great to hear that you are going on a holy football pilgrimage to Naples this weekend to go to the Stadio Diego Amado Maradona to go where Swindon trashed Napoli and made them uh, abandon the game because they were so furious what a what a Swindon fan you are Exactly. You know, I need to get away from the stresses of my job of, of watching football to go away on, on holiday and, and watch football. But yeah, no, um, obviously the, the the Swindon thing will come into it, came into it quite heavily when you're deciding where should I go? Oh, who did Swindon beat? And um, and so, you know, uh, Napoli is on a, a fairly short list in terms of European sites of, to go, but one that was very happy to go and see the sites and see if See if I can go watch a game where seats get thrown onto the pitch again. Well, if you were invested, maybe you could act revenge on Napoli after their disgraceful showing back in 1970. Exactly. Just just bring with bring with me the good word of, you know, just enjoy the football with your mates whilst you're watching football. You know, no need to get all riled up like this just because you're getting battered by the mighty swim. <laughs> and I hope they'll respond to that. Uh, I hope the three people that travelled did say the mighty swim. Uh, our predictions on Friday were not correct. Oof, not even remotely. Although, I got three goals. I said four. Yeah, you got the number of goals right. Yeah, well, yeah. I got the number of Swindon goals right. Um, to be fair, I got that wrong twice because at half-time while speaking to the Aldershot media guys, they said, well, if we could score four, maybe you could score four. And I was like, there's no chance Swindon score four. And then we we did technically, but um, uh, you know, a bit of a bit of a locking the door horse bolted scenario. Hmm. What was that experience like next to the Oldershot media team? That must have been quite the quite the do, especially as our media guy is formerly of Oldershot. 
Yeah, I, I was sort of checking in with Henry throughout the afternoon, and um, as you can imagine, getting progressively glum. But uh, yeah, I mean, they celebrate all the goals very heavily, and fair play to them. You know, it's not necessarily what you want to hear in a in a press box, but you know, I think I think I could forgive them for that afternoon having that kind of reaction to the game. Um, they were very nice chaps, really. I actually tried to hide away from the Flynn post match by going to interview Tommy Widrington because I needed it for the PA. Um, but I got called into that anyway. Apparently, I was asked for specifically. <laughs> My tactics didn't work. Oh, what did you do? Uh, I, I don't know what I did, but um, I certainly did some things in the aftermath. Before we get into other bits on Oldershot, the, the presser isn't really the place for the behind-the-scenes stuff. So we're not really going to talk about that in great detail, but it was mentioned in the press conference with yourself and Andrew Hall's BBC Radio, Wiltshire, but batted away. Yes, very much. Um, uh, that's nothing to do with me. And then guess on a, an answer that I feel like has absolutely nothing to do with, with the question, even if he is sort of knock, knocking it to one side. He's like, oh, well, you know, that, that doesn't impact me. It doesn't impact the players. I'm just, I'm just doing this, um, you know. And uh, so, yeah, he was... Uh, you, you've clearly gone into to, to everything that came out that Saturday night, but uh, he was very much not not engaging in it at all. And um, you know, you got to go to Hashim. You wouldn't sign a new contract with a guy that who wasn't paying you the first contract. So uh, I imagine it isn't influ- influ- impacting him immediately either. We we we've covered Oldershot to a degree, but I'm still hurting a little bit about it. I got I got to be completely open and transparent and a nice win at Colchester might soothe the soul a wee bit, but it was an utter humiliation. I slept, Joe, it was fine. But every now and again, when I'm sat here at my desk working or if I'm off to do the school run, every now and again, I just get this pang of Swindon Town 4, Aldershot Town 7. What was your experience of the day? Yeah, um... I think the way the game went kind of helped my reaction to it because I don't really get angry at these things anymore. No. Um, I, I know I'm 23, but I feel like I've seen more than enough of them to think this is, you know, this is just one more, isn't it, really? Um, so, you know, especially with, with the goals coming so early, oh, for God's sake, not again. Okay, this is happening. Um, and then, you know, it's it's just more... Can, can we seriously... Can we seriously do this again and I was I was actually saying uh, speaking with Henry earlier and he was like uh, um, uh, hopefully hopefully this is the last one and I was like oh dear sweet Henry no it's not well I, I, I hope we're not conceding seven at home again anytime soon and I think it being an FA Cup it is an easier experience to archive because it wasn't a part of the league and that's far more detrimental to us I think to a degree. Some of the fun bits that have come out from it is just the conversations of when did you leave? When did you go? Did you go? I mean, you had to stay because you were on the clock. I stayed. Daughter didn't want to didn't want to hang around after the seventh. I, I will tell you that much, as I said in the the last pod. But we say to the end. But various people, no seven one seven nil half time three nil gone ten minutes in, just. I hope one that I'll never experience again. But the I, I keep on dwelling on a question Terry asked, just about what the atmosphere was like inside, and I, I don't know what it was like in the in the in the Arkles, But I still look back, and there was nothing out of the ordinary that you wouldn't experience in just a normal game. It was very quiet, very much people talking amongst themselves. But the only time fans were animated was ironic cheers when we when we scored gosh i hope they were ironic and um and bemoaning poor passing or poor decision making which happens every week uh it it was just shock and awe <laughs> and i i don't think i'll experience that again i hope not uh, yeah well I, I mean i spent most of the second half just looking up well historically speaking how bad is this the answer was incredibly yeah um, and frankly i was up bit annoyed that we scored the four goals because it ruined the sort of worst home defeat ever line that I had going on for a lot of the second half but yeah I mean aside aside from just sort of booing when players got subbed off it really was just sort of people stunned into into silence of 
this can't be happening. Uh, again, and again, the way the goals go in when you can see three within nine minutes and a lot of that time is George McEachran injured. Um, you know, that <laughs> I think that really does lend itself to what is going on? You, you just don't have time to compute any of it. it. It did feel like history was being made in a bad way during the game. And again, we're going through old ground here, but just had they kept that front free on for because they weren't tired they weren't tiring they were only showing more vigor in that second half then if if they would have continued in a similar vein for just 10 15 more minutes the 10th was coming yeah absolutely i think if they'd kept them on there they would have sort of continued to go for like compilation goals like when you (laughs) you loads of goals up in a fiver size all right let's let's try and do something cool now and lauren tolly absolutely did because he's got a screamer but um you know, they, as you say, that they didn't need to come off. They, they were, they were. You know, this is this is finished. Let's do it. And I think we'll kind of get to it. In something Michael Flynn says, but you know, you know, all the shot packed it in, and you know, pack in at seven was was somehow the nicest thing they could do, and and that really, really says an awful lot about the performance. Where do you stand on goal music when you score the first? Having been seven nil down, I'm gonna have to go in the anti camp. Um, I think even <laughs> I think it's tough to do ironic goal music, and I think you know pounding out the XDC track at seven one really just isn't the time. Yeah, the third and fourth it got a little bit funnier, but the first time when it when it came out, the first time it was very very like really are we doing this? We're not announcing man of the match, but we are gonna yeah okay cool. One final point, because I forgot to mention it, because it was so funny. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but when Swinton started scoring, you looked to the away end, and they were so muted. And I thought, there's somebody in that away end just muttered to his friend, bloody typical of older shot if we lose this now. (laughs) (laughs) It just looked like a thousand people waiting for 7-7 for only a little moment of time, but it was still very funny. Yeah. It's. It. I think that goes to show a lot about football fans because I put La. I think the second one I put La Remontada in the live blog at that point, <laughs> just just as a joke. But you know, I don't think anyone could be as nervous as as a football fan whilst leading quite that much <laughs> with so, so little time to go. So, but there's a chance because there really there just wasn't. No. <laughs> I would have been carnival atmosphere all game if I was an older shot fan then maybe they just got tired through all that celebrating who knows but yeah I mean they seem to be having fun after the game when I was pitch level so you know very well very much well done to older shot um I hope you had a nice day um with the rioting and, and the goal scoring there you go stick the boot in no they they thoroughly deserved that win from 3 p.m onwards we've had a little bit of fun discussing the monstrosity that was last weekend but now we have to talk about more things related to the presser and on Friday we highlighted acknowledged that it was probably one of the best Michael Flynn pressers in terms of content in terms of discussion in terms of depth of answers not the same this time no it went a very different direction uh, Michael Flynn, he was, I, I imagine people have heard him on BBC Wiltshire after the game, but he was he was kind of more um, sad than he was angry, maybe, at that point. And um, I think that had very firmly turned to anger by the time he rocked up um, uh, in front of us at about midday today. Um, yeah, and even he was, uh, <laughs> he was just not in a great mood, understandably, to be fair. I wasn't either. But um, yeah, the, the the length of the answers went, the sort of uh, amount of time he had for our bullshit had gone as well. Uh, <laughs> he was he was not a happy bunny whatsoever. No, and before when we, we'll go to the Joe Zone and the listeners will be able to hear Michael Flynn answer your questions. But this time around, was there anything that you'd done to <laughs> to to rock the boat again? I mean, I don't think so. I, I mean, obviously the um, the player ratings. I don't know if he reads them, but I mean, you can't really disagree, can he? Like it, that was his evaluation too. So, um, I mean, I don't know if it was anything I did in particular, or just he sort of, you know, he kind of had to get through all of Andrew's questions, which are all obviously 
negative and then he kind of got to me and then maybe I was just sort of suffering off the back of that. I don't know, but I don't think there was anything in particular that I did that, that should have elicited um, the sort of return, return to the grumpy days. No, Andrew did a, a fine job. I was listening and wondering how on earth he uses any of that for the radio. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was massively rocked straight away, really. Um, can't. It was, um, yeah, I, I think I've just about used some of the quotes as the back half of the story, but um, I was having to rely on the BBC Wiltshire copy, definitely. Yeah, well, we appreciate whatever quotes we're given because we're going to talk about them now. So... Let's continue with Aldershot. Michael Flynn on Saturday, like you said, he's gone from the stage of grieving and sadness and now well, he's a grumpy bum. Yeah, him talking, talking about the game, obviously, he was um, livid. Uh, he said he, he let the team let themselves down, the club down, the supporters down, which is, again, similar to what he said on Saturday, but a different tone. Um, and then the sort of all interesting part of it, I guess, he kind of said, well, my teams tend to bounce back when we have these tough results. So um, I don't know if that's statistically true when it comes to Swindon so far, but, um, you know, I, I would love to see it at Colchester because I've seen some massive drops there in the last two years. And um, <laughs> I would very much like to have a different opinion of that place. Yes. And it's it's a bold call to make. Of course, it's a, it's a presser. You choose to use whatever quotes you want. But, yeah, I, I would be maybe playing it down and just going that we're working hard to rectify the wrongs of the of the weekend but he was very very clear as my teams tend to bounce back so no pressure but here's hoping yeah i mean i don't know if he just sort of seen a lot of um i guess anti him rhetoric obviously coming into the weekend um people were uh <laughs> well i'm generally speaking when the contract announcement was was done people were pleased that it happened and then i think Maybe people we he'd seen people criticizing him because uh, we know he is on Twitter. Uh, we know he sees stuff, um, and maybe he was like, you know, I'm good at this. I'm I promise. I'm this is I'm I'm a good football manager. Um, and he kind of took that route more than more than anything else, and more than the as you sort of say the uh, well, well, we know we're working hard to make things better, and we'll make sure that that kind of thing isn't allowed to happen again. I think that was kind of the route he chose. Um, that was certainly a choice, and I it, interesting to see what what people think of that um, direction he's gone down. Gosh, he must he must hate the content that we put out. Not because we're we're so mean. It's just that we do like to use gallows humour occasionally and be very cynical and probably disliked by a fair few fans for some of the stuff we put on social media. But it's all for the fun of the game. Gosh, he must look at some of that and go knobheads. Yeah, he's um he's not one for for gallows humor and and taking the mick out of yourselves. I suppose that's that's not really his style. He likes well, he likes generally to sort of have a uh, an outlook as as the team that they're um you know staying together. And he seems any any sort of outside negativity is a massive attack on that. So uh, yeah, if he does listen to the Low Strangers, I'm not sure he's a fan of it. No, that's fine. Won't be the first. Won't be the last. Uh, but in terms of his uh, comments on the fan reaction, come on, Michael Flynn. Talk to me, Joe, about what he's saying here. Yeah, well, um, and again, people that read the live blog at the time were very quick to say, uh, I'm not sure about that, Michael. But uh, he instantly went, the, I'm, I'm telling you, no fan is as angry about this as me or as upset about this as I am. Um, he, I guess he sees it as a sort of a slight on his own pride and professionalism and all of these things um and he said you know no no one has taken this as hard as i have right <laughs> well okay i mean you've been here four months but sure um and i understand obviously you know it, it's the players and the manager's livelihood and all that sort of stuff but um i, I think michael Flynn is a man that seems to know a decent amount about the fan experience and i'm not sure i feel like he's somewhat underplaying it there <laughs> um, he then sort of says, well, you know, if, but if we win on Tuesday, maybe that would turn things around. I'm like, well, probably not all the way, I've got to be honest, which is, again, where I think Andrew Hawes steps in very well to sort of say, I, I don't know if one win would do that, to be honest, Michael. Yeah, and he'd be right. And Andrew did a great job to sort of manoeuvre that question in because it wouldn't have been a fun one to relay. And I guess being in the room, you would have seen the look in the eyes of Michael Flynn as you sort of like, 
I'm sure you don't care about what the fans are thinking right now, considering that professionally you're going through a bit of a tough weekend, but you need to acknowledge it. And he does, but, you know, when he says that no fans are hurting as much as me, well, in in five years' time, he could be at another job having a great old time and it's just a footnote in his career, whereas we'll be looking back going, oh, do you remember that time? (laughs) <laughs> still aches the soul. Yeah, I mean, this is maximum one one sentence in his Wikipedia entry if he goes on to do good things. And, and I think, you know, for, for me and everyone else, uh, it's another therapy session. Um, <laughs> and needed, needed to sort of get out the demons of having to watch seven goals, being the, the first football league side to ever concede seven to a non-league side in the FA Cup. I mean, that's that's what it is to everyone else. So you know, may, maybe in the short term there is a, a fair amount of angst from him, but I, I, I do not believe that it is the same. Is that stat since the start of the FA Cup? Because there's been some crazy results in the four billion year history of this competition. Is it really the first time that a non-league side has put seven past a a league opposition? Well, the BBC whacked it on the top of my. PA match report for it, so I'm going to guess that it's true. Wow, it's it's insane, isn't it? Well, let's move forward then. And and what did Michael Flynn have to say about moving forward? Because gosh, I hope they do it quickly. I mean, it would be very nice if they did. Um, you know, he kind of it was asked about sort of the res- resilience required um, to to move move beyond a result like that, and um, he sort of said it, it's it's not resilient so much as being a professional. Um, and then he kind of just sort of goes into the uh, this is what it's like to be a professional um, conversation, which was which was I guess interesting, but uh, not really again not really on topic. Um, <laughs> he, he, and again there were a few times, and again mentioning the sort of what he may or may not have seen on Twitter of the weekend, where he kind of discusses, well, you know, when th- there's a reason that someone's in the Premier League and someone's just watching it on TV and having this conversation, saying that someone's rubbish. Um, and the kind of dedication that it requires and the level of professionalism to become a professional footballer. Um, and uh, Michael Flynn was, I guess, again, he'd probably seen a fair... And that probably, maybe that comes into me, the question that I've asked him. Um, but where he's probably seen a fair few people questioning his credentials. And uh, I don't think that has pleased him too much and helped his mood. Mm, who, who's been questioning his credentials? I don't, I don't. I haven't seen much of that, if any, within within the fan base. There was certainly nothing like it. And I mentioned to Terry on the weekends when we recorded, because just by narrative, had he not signed a new contract, even though he's only been in the building four or five months, that level of loss is sometimes enough for the fan base to turn. But because a day before he signed a new deal, long term it was kind of like well we can't do anything like that because we know that well they're not going to go on gardening leave for three years are they yeah i mean isn't jimmy morris still on like the gardening leave but yes um i i don't think it's a ton of people that have gone that direction but um you kind of know what what footballers and these people are like where they they fixate on the f- few that have and there are a couple that i've seen say oh you know you can't do this or flynn shouldn't be doing this and Maybe that's what he's seen and decided to to use as his sort of Michael Jordan moment, which is what I'm hoping it becomes rather than just him becoming uh, increasingly angry. Because I, I could really do without that, to be perfectly honest. Well, you and me both. Let's go to the bread and butter questions. The injury front, which you also added on into the Joe Zone. So when we listen to the Joe Zone later, we'll be covering a little bit of injuries too. What's the situation? Yeah, this this was he kind of covers the short term injuries here. And then I, um, because he didn't mention them, went for the longer term update. Um, obviously, George McEachran was subbed up before half time um, and had had a sort of neck. Uh, he'd been sort of hit in the neck, was, was the suggestion. Um, and he that sort of, he was hurt and had to come off because of it. Um, and they, they've had him checked out and apparently he's, he's feeling better today. And so he, hopefully he should be back involved. Obviously, Jake Young. Uh, having not been allowed permission to play by Bradford, will be back involved. And Hepburn Murphy, who fell in training and hurt his hip at the end of last week, um, is uh, it should also be available. But it, uh, him and McEachran certainly weren't confirmed either direction, but they were. It, it was suggested that it's very likely they'll be able to play. Gosh, I wish I hurt my hip mildly a day before that game. 
yeah, anything to get to get you out of having to be at that game would have been a, a bit of a blessing. Although Hepburn Murphy did have to watch it anyway. At least Jake Young had a massive crate of cider. <laughs> oh, that's so Jake Young. Uh, so yeah, so injuries there we have, and Michael Flynn on changes. What sort of changes is he talking about here? Yeah, um, again, it kind of comes back to the. Well, I would like to do it, but no, because um, I I asked him after the game, you know, what was the temptation like to make five subs after ten minutes? Um, I believe I suggested on the live blog that you know I would have just brought all five of the kids on, so screw it. But um, you know, he's he's sort of saying, well, we, we can't really make any many changes because you know they all kind of played at the weekend, and that's just what we've got. There's there's about fourteen of them. And the the shape the you know the, there's probably two players you can bring in who weren't involved. So um, don't expect uh, ringing changes because um, and um, you know, he doesn't necessarily see the irony in this. He can't do it. Yeah, penny for Brooklyn Genesini's thoughts and penny for Anton Dvorak's thoughts because Anton Dvorak I don't think is injured and. He wasn't on that nine-person bench, was he? And, uh, and Brooklyn Genesini is a senior player who couldn't get minutes either in a in a seven-four, and it's went seven-nil down. So you have to expect them to be moving on soon. Yeah, certainly. I think Dorzak appears to have been passed by Harry Gray in terms of the pecking order at the moment um, with regards to the youngsters. So yeah, I don't think it's too much of a surprise that Genesini doesn't get the involvement anyway, but. I mean, if he ever had a claim to be involved, then this would this would probably be it. When he's selected for Exeter next Tuesday, if you're Brooklyn Genesini, you'd be like, really? Are you sure? Sure, you want me playing in that? Come on, <laughs> you know, be, maybe the the truck, maybe the scouts will be in the building for for various players as they look to ship them out on loan and move them on. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the only shot he's got at fo- football at the moment. So he. he Probably a beggars can't be choosers situation, but you know, don't worry, I'm I'm fl- flying back in time to go and watch that game, so uh, I'll be the only one in attendance. You've you've got to expect Ricky Aguilar to be bracing himself for a turn, haven't you? In in January, you would expect so. I was uh, speaking with uh, a commentator at Worthing last week about him. It sounds like he's he's getting on very well down there, and frankly, Swindon have no depth uh, anywhere, and including in his position, so. You you would expect Aguiar to sort of come back as quick as he can, and then they kind of think, try and figure out what to do with him over the month, depending on what what incomings happen. But you know, if if, if the window goes like the last one did, then I think Aguiar probably will be involved for the rest of the season. The next part of interesting quotes by Michael Flynn in this presser came in relation to squad depth because he argues that we can't be fatigued. Because the proof was there on on Saturday. Do explain. Yeah. Um. Again, I sort of listened to them and thought, "Oh, Michael, no." But um, he said that the aside, the running stats were lower on Saturday, but generally speaking, they've actually gone up throughout the season. Apparently, so the players can't be fatigued. And actually, they scored four late goals in that game. They were seven nil down, and the opposition subbed off all their players in. So uh, who was the one who didn't have who didn't have the fitness then? Hmm? Um, yeah, he he didn't seem to have factored in the fact that Aldershot had given up half an hour ago by the time Swindon scored those goals. But uh, four late goals shows that Swindon are not fatigued whatsoever. The seven, don't look at the seven goals; they they don't matter. <laughs> and for those who didn't watch the game, you will not see a bigger drop off in intensity like you saw between the 60th and 75th minute, like Aldershot did before Swindon went on to score four goals. They just went, ah, they were planning their night out at that point. It was a very professional performance, don't get me wrong, if there are any weird Aldershot fans that now have sympathetically listening to this podcast for whatever reason. You cannot use that game for any point-proving exercise in terms of anything that's negative about Swindon at the moment. It's a very dangerous game. I, I, I can see it from his sort of echo chamber, and I'm sure everyone around him is like, sure thing, boss. But to suggest that you cannot... And he was very definitive about it too. It's like the shows you that they're not fatigued because we saw, scored four goals. 
Yeah, I I think he even uses the direct quote of, well, that kills it dead in the water. Um, but, well, no, not really. And stop using that game as a, an example of a positive thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they, all the, as you say, all the shot, you know, they, they, they couldn't be bothered to mark Charlie Austin at the end. They couldn't really be bothered to run with Dan Kemp when he scores his two lovely goals. So, you know. Uh, the fact that they scored the four late goals is is absolutely not an example of why this team isn't fatigued. Um, if you know, if if the stats are what they are in terms of the running is going up, then maybe that is a point. But you know, um, those stats aren't publicly available, so we can't really check if if he's lying on that. But the the, the older shot game is absolutely not an example. Yeah, and I think that's my main point. I'm not down on Michael Flynn. He, of course, I want him to be hurting. I want him to be, you know, down on that. And I want him to be absolutely champing at the bit to put this wrong to right against Colchester. But come on, man. Come on. What, what's the player mood like? Yeah, well, obviously, but they were kind of arriving as, as we were getting there. So he wouldn't have had a ton of time to speak to them. Uh, but he he said that you know he's he's kind of going to find out that he he definitely felt from the conversation he's had that the players had been hurting suitably um, from their time um, from their experience at the weekend and uh, you know they they've now got the opportunity at Colchester to try and get it out of their system that was very much the message from Tom Bro afterwards who you know huge credit to him for coming out because I can't imagine too many of them wanted to. Um, and he, you know, they were, he was, he was, that was a man who was very clearly upset. So, um, yeah, there, there's, that was kind of his, his sense of it, but you know, they, they pretty much only just arrived. So I don't think they, they could really tell the mood by that point. Yeah. Come back after a week out injured and then to, uh, and suspended and to, uh, have to experience that against Oldershot wouldn't have been a fun experience for, for Tom Britt. Yeah, I, I you have to assume he he was like, why didn't I just stay concussed for for another week? No, just keep me in the protocol, boss. Um, I, <laughs> that's um, I think as as returns to the fold go, it couldn't possibly have been worse. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the Chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Gets out, good pass out to Robin, but he's, he's got very few people around him because just because of the way that the midfield is structured for Swindon, it makes it very difficult for him to combine with anyone. Conroy tries to float a ball out wide left to Andlow. Williams will be able to pick this up after a step. Andlow has it wide on the left-hand oh, side. Brilliant. Early ball into the box, McGowan is there on the back post! And Swindon take the lead! Delicious ball for Andlow to the back stick of McGowan. Guides it past the goalkeeper. Let us talk about Colchester United on Tuesday night then. The rearranged game. We were supposed to be playing this on the opening day of the season, but the rains, they fell and quite extraordinary. It wouldn't be the most extraordinary moment of this season, it proved. Uh, the opening day of the season was washed out. And I, 
we can't say that we'll regret that because well it's not our it's not our fault but oh it would have been nice to play Ben Garner's Colchester because they were dirge largely largely weren't they a terrible start to the season and then they went in October on a run of four losses in a row and that was enough to see Ben Garner booted out of Colchester. Uh, their last five games, the, the, the first two I'll mention, the furthest back, were under Ben Garner. A 5-0 loss at Forest Green Rovers, then a home loss 2-1 to Harrogate. Um, that was enough to get him sacked. And then just what you don't want to see when you are a, a departing head coach or manager, Matty Everington comes in and straight away gets a, a win for Colchester away at Grimsby. 3-2. And then there was that game where Crawley didn't give permission for Everton to sit on the bench, but they won that game 1-0. And then they played League One Shrewsbury Town on the weekend, and they did lose that 3-2. But, you know, a, a decent performance for a game against a team in a higher division. They are still managed by Matty Etherington, aren't they? He managed the FA Cup game, so I'm guessing so, but it is quite a strange... I was trying to figure it out earlier today, but it isn't completely clear because last we heard Crawley were saying no. Always a little bit odd when modern-day Crawley Town are in are in the conversation. They, they, they're turning things around slightly. They're just above the relegation zone. I think, in fact, they've even got themselves a six-point buffer uh, from the relegation zone. So two wins is enough. It's a place where historically, or more recently, we don't like to go. Go Starting with the furthest back, our last five games at Colchester United have been nil-nil, uh, a 1-0 loss, a 3-1 loss, and more recently, a 1-1 draw. McCurdy scoring, you might remember, and then they conceded a really, really late goal. And then a Luke Hannon goal was enough to give them the <laughs> bragging rights again back in January of this year, 1-0 win. So we've just lost 7-4 to non-league opposition, although very good non-league opposition. And now we're going to a place where we seem to perennially struggle in recent years. So obviously that means we're going to win, <laughs> almost certainly. There won't be any LSI Andalo, he's injured. The other Swindon links, I think, are back room. Ross Embleton is the head of recruitment. Is Scott Marshall still there? I don't know. But there we go. What, what did Michael Flynn have to say about Colchester United? Short answer, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, he was... Um, and Andrew sort of quipped, I guess, um, as after we finished. Well, I guess we sort of touched on the game. And uh, kind of. But, uh, you know, he was asked about Colchester and went, well, it's entirely about what we do in this game. It's how we respond and how we prove that we're better than we were. Um, so not even a sort of cursory mention of, of Colchester and whatever whatever players they've got, uh, you know, based on this press conference. And obviously this isn't the research that he does, but uh, he doesn't have um, any any links to it, any um, sort of idea of who their players are, um, you know. <laughs> He probably thinks Manny is still injured. He's not. Yep. He, he, well, if if he is injured, he, he's a recent one. I think Joe Taylor, the player that they have on loan, is pretty decent for them. They they do this thing, Colchester, where they sign a few names, and you think, oh, okay, it could be their season. You know, previously they they signed half of the uh, of the Ipswich release list, but that isn't the case anymore. But you know, Cameron McGeehan, that's a good signing. Um, Tom Hopper, he's a, he's a, a decent player, and Joe Taylor on loan from Luton Town. I'm sure, given that they've just moved into the Premier League, I'm sure he would have liked a a sweeter gig. But he started really well in his uh in his season with Colchester on a personal level. He scored about seven goals, um in in a in 15 games, I think. So it, they they've got some decent players, but Colchester just seem perennially just to struggle, don't they? Yeah, I'm um, obviously they lost Junior Chamedu in the in the summer window as well. So you know that was, he was a big player for them coming through the academy system. So that's um, you know we obviously would have had to play against him if we played them on the first day of the season, which is about the only yeah. positive of yeah. missing that game. But yeah, I mean obviously since since the 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 Messiah that was John McGreal's left, they've they seem to have just sort of lost their ability to run themselves as a football team and, and as you say that you know they get a couple of good players in like you know Ellis Yandolo seems like a smart signing 
at, at the level. Players like Noah Chilvers, very talented player, and a, and a bunch of exciting ones. Mauro Bendera, who I believe was supposed to be a good player coming out of Arsenal as well. Um, but it, you know, they always just seem to you know, default down towards the bottom, sack the manager, stay up, and then rinse and repeat. Do you think when Ben Garner gets his new job, Manny Egbo is going to say, nah, nah, not, not this time? It depends how far down Manny Egbo is willing to drop, I suppose, because you know, I'm going to go ahead and assume Ben Garner's not getting an EFL job next time. So you know, if, if he fancies it at Wealdstone, then, then then maybe the, the band could get back together once more. But I think at a certain point, he's, he's got to start <laughs> performing for a manager whose name isn't Ben Garner. Well, you say that, but Bradford City's recent managerial appointment tells me that there's always opportunities for Ben Garner. That is fair. I mean, if, if Alexander's still getting one that quickly and as, as big a job as Bradford, then then someone, someone's going to take a look at that Swindon stint and think, this guy's got it, and, and make the mistake once more. Yeah, former Milton Keynes Dons manager Graham Alexander has been appointed the Bradford City uh, boss, which only confirmed to me that no one can convince me otherwise that Bradford definitely approached Swindon to talk to M- Michael Flynn. Well, I mean, they seem to have been rebuffed by quite a few people, so you'd imagine that Michael Flynn was on their list somewhere based on the start of the season, obviously links to the club. So, I mean, Graham Alexander's not even your top five choices, you've got to assume. Yeah. Sorry, Graham, you were a great player. I really, I really loved his story, how he was... In like the yeah, all the tears, and then at the end, he got a season in the Premier League and scored. I think they were mostly penalties, but the fact that he got a few goals in the Prem when he was, or well, if he wasn't forty yet, he was well into his thirties. It was it was a lovely uh, tail end of his career. But as a manager, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like I remember he sort of had a, a great period where I remember a match the day two breakdown of his penalty taking technique <laughs> whilst he was at Burnley. So I, I mean, he was that good for a time. But uh, yeah, his, his managerial career has has not hit the lofty heights that his, his playing one did. He's, he's had some success in the playoffs. He won League Two playoffs with Fleetwood, and he's won the playoffs with Salford. But given what both of their budgets were at the time of those victories, says to me a little a little help in hand. Yeah, I mean he's he's you know he's had a couple of decent gigs. MK Dons, as, as we're seeing right now, is a is it seems to be quite a, a good one in terms of the players at your disposal. So. No, he's, he's, um, he doesn't feel like one who Bradford should really have had, had to point, but no one no one seems to want to touch Dave Artell. Everyone's willing to flirt with Dave Artell, but they're, they're not willing to actually appoint him. It seems that way, doesn't it? Well, either way, we look forward to welcoming Graham Alexander to Swindon in about 2025. So until then, we'll, 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 we'll wind our necks in a little bit. Shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's go. Cheers. So coming back to that... Um armchair manager type thing. This isn't an opinion that I hold, but I've seen quite a few people suggesting that the back three isn't necessarily the best way to get the most out of a team at this level. Um, what would you say to people who have that opinion? Entirely opinion. Sure. Um, but but you, presumably, you know, throwing out everything that has worked you at various points of season isn't, isn't the smartest thing to do at this stage. Well, no, it's not. Why would I do that? Um, and then, um, you know, when you kind of look at the, the squad building in the summer, um, is, would you change anything about the way that you did it, knowing how things have gone in terms of the squad depth, or would you completely stick by the way that you went you went after the summer? I, I love these hindsight questions because everybody's an expert after the horse has bolted. Um, did I know we were going to have these injuries? Uh, no. Do I wish that we signed players that got away? Yes. But what can I do about it? They chose to go elsewhere. Um, so, yeah. I've I done what was the best for the for the team and the football club um, during that time. Um, hindsight, you want to say, do you want to change things or do things different? Well, I'm sure there's uh, many aspects you've had during your life that you would change. Or wouldn't change, so um, that's the beauty of life. Um, and you don't get no, you don't get any opportunities to go back. What you can do is is learn and keep improving, and um, giving yourself the best opportunity to to be better each day. And that's what I do. 
And just to finish, where are you with Tariq Uakwe, Jake Kane, Ben Ward? They're all injured. They're all injured. Um, yeah, the foreseeable future. Jake Kane is probably the one who will return quicker than the others. Thank you very much. Yep. Oh, an icky listen every time I, I I I wind that back. How does it feel to be sat there when you ask those questions and you get those responses and you know there's no way you can probe, there's no way you can get more out of him because there's clearly an issue at the moment with with Michael Flynn and what he reads in the advert, if indeed he is reading it beyond the the titles, the headlines. But how, how is that environment for you when when you're asking the questions and you're getting nothing in return? Well, it, I mean, it's definitely definitely tough, especially when it's your first question because I don't think I've been I don't think I've been one worded even by Flynn since um, or since like the the first, second or first press conference of last season when it was kind of you know just just the start for, for me doing them. So um, it it does it does knock you back and you know. I'm I'm kind of trying trying to use that time to to think through, you know, what else there is because Andrew touched on all of the topics that I'd wanted to. So, yeah, you you are you are just kind of scrambling for a second, try and pick it up, and you can probably hear the the cogs in my head whirring as I'm trying to think of some way in because you know I mean especially given the other questions that were asked, they they were hardly unfair questions, and you know they were they would I was just raising concerns that I'd seen people have. You know, I, I personally don't don't believe that the back three is some sort of doomed system but you know um, uh, I, I get the I get the brunt of his ire anyway yeah and the hindsight is is, is what he dwells on as uh, as as you all heard yeah <laughs> again you know I'm kind of just asking about the squad depth again more more than anything else but um, you know, I, I was briefly thinking he was going to stare at me and ask me to to name all the things in my life I I would want to take back, and yes. um, that is not a not a situation I would particularly enjoy, as I imagine <laughs> most. But uh, I would panic big time, no. and um and and probably cry. But yeah, I was there. There are some scary moments in there for me when he he does seem to be directing questions my way. Still, good news about J.K. Yeah, I mean, be- better news than about Tariq Uakwe, I suppose. I did actually see him walk in, um, on you know, went into the, into Beversbrook whilst I was there. So, um, I thought, well, maybe he's actually closer than closer than we thought, but certainly doesn't seem to be particularly close because, um, he mentioned he kind of said they're all injured for the foreseeable future, and then kind of walked Jake Kane's back a little bit, but, um, you know, hopefully he'll be. Another couple of weeks, maybe at the most. Yeah, in a position that we we don't need anyone desperately for. No, <laughs> any players are right at the moment. Yeah, I mean we we still don't have any clue about Ben Ward, and um, yeah, I I assume as well as we've kind of gone into this, that's not necessarily just Burnley messing them around constantly, uh, but you know we've not had even had a diagnosis of what the injury is. I don't think. No. No, and it, uh, it's getting to the point on Ben World where Michael Flynn might go, oh, sweetie, stop, stop asking. <laughs> yeah, go, go the way of the free agents. Although you know, we only really got one one presser off free agents before um, obviously the Williams Cocolo stuff came in. So you know, may, maybe if we, we stop up, if stop bringing up Ben Ward at all, then then a week later he'll actually be back. Yes, and and yeah, there there weren't there were no questions about trialists this week. No, I I had kind of thought about it. I did actually see again as much as I saw Kane. I also saw Kakolo. Every time you ask on a Tuesday, especially having asked on a Friday, he said, "Well, I haven't had time." So um, he was already not in a great mood. So I thought, leave it. We'll <laughs> we'll come back to it. Um, well, I won't come back to it, but um, I'm sure Andrew will come back to it ahead of the Stockport match. Yeah, if people saw the reaction to Swindon selling match worn. Shirts, the reaction of Kokolo, whether justified or not, probably wouldn't have been worth it just yet. Just wait, maybe a couple of days. Beat, beat Colchester. Watch that get announced on Wednesday. Yeah, as soon as they get a window, that's happening for sure. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's do predictions. I'll let you start. Oof. Yeah, this is this is a really tough one because obviously the record is terrible at, at Colchester. I've witnessed the last two from the away end. You know the the current form is terrible. Couldn't really be worse. Um, but Swindon quite desperately need a win and quite desperately need a reaction. So um, I'm going to say 
2-2 draw. Good. I think football, Joe, is a daft little sport. So I'm going to say Colchester United 1, Swindon Town 2. That would warm my little heart if we, if we could go there and get something whilst I'm, whilst I'm having to endure the cold of, of back at that just awful stadium. Yeah, if if my football supporting world isn't about warming your hearts, then what is this all for? Absolutely, and and I and I thank you for that every day, Rich. Thank you, thank you. Well, JR will be covering the pod for the Colchester post match because I have a gig. The tickets were bought when this was the opening day of the season fixture. All right, back off, and I'll be back for the presser with cover for you, Joe. But enjoy Naples. I will try, but I'll be constantly looking over my shoulder, wondering how well the, um, just update, refreshing Spotify, wondering how my replacement does. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down, and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Swindon! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 